to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Hope everybody is enjoying the summer weather because I certainly am, and anybody associated with golf is certainly enjoy it. Good morning. This is Jeff Kolpak. This is the Golf Show coming to you from Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio in Fargo on 740 The Fan, fifth largest AM signal in the country. Later in the show, we're going to introduce you to Tom Dolby. He's the new head professional at Detroit Country Club in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Tom's got an interesting story. He was a great player in his day and is still pretty good. And uh, we're going to welcome him to the area. But first and foremost, somebody who's never short on imagination in the game of golf, right, Chris? Chris Larson, head professional at Osgood. well, golf course in, in, in South Florida. I would say country club. But yeah, you got it. You yeah. got it. I'm, I'm so used to you with the country club in more days, but how are you? I'm good. Hey, thanks for having me. This is, uh, as we spoke earlier, this yeah. is always like the annual exam, right? I, <laughs> I love coming into the studio early in the year, and it means that the golf season started. So, hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Appreciate how's, it. How's the course looking? You know, the course is is really good. Obviously, you know, we got spring conditions going on right now. We've got... Um, you know, some patchy areas here and there, but we put down a boatload of seed right now. So uh, growing conditions are fantastic in those spots. The best part about the golf course right now is we just got a new tournament roller out at Osgood. And, you know, when you think of like a development golf course, mm-hmm. you know, 12 hole golf course, executive style course, you don't really think that the greens are going to be anything. These greens are solid right now. They're rolling, they're quick. Uh, I was out there yesterday, and everyone was just blowing putts way past. So it does not feel like it's early spring. Out what, of are you, what are you, got Augusta going out there? Or what? You know, Ryan Stahlberger, our superintendent, he just does an awesome job. And, uh, you know, last year we just started rolling him, and uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't bashful to, to really push him a little bit, and we're excited. I mean, for playing tournament golf, especially women's league, men's league, all the leagues that we have out there, the uh, overwhelming response has been positive. So, what do, you, what do you call that thing? The tournament roller? Yeah. So, if you ever watch like on like you, like on the USGA when they're rolling the mm-hmm. the greens and it goes side to side, you know, it kind of looks yeah. a little goofy, right? Yeah. But uh, that is that's specific for. I mean, think of just like pressing a shirt in the morning, right? So they're just uh, they're essentially ironing the greens, making sure that they're smooth. And uh, and quick, so I'm a sports writer. I don't press my shirt. Come on now, come on. <laughs> Except for maybe a pregame showtime, come, uh, <laughs> come uh, Bison football. I feel like Osgood's growing up. It's growing up before our very eyes. Yeah, it's uh, you know definitely as a as a course, and then also I mean I think they just sold off the the last lot that was around the property. Mm. So um, as far as that whole, I mean that side of town is just booming. Yeah, you know. So I don't know if your question was really to the golf course or or just like well the, the whole area, area in general. everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. You know, I remember when Osgood first when it, I mean when it first opened, it was like. 
you're on Mars, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing around there. And uh, now it's its own little city. And, you know, as far as Osgood's concerned, uh, you know, it's a really interesting mix of people and um, just it's a public golf course, but kind of plays like a private community at times. Mm-hmm. And then it's a nine hole course, but it, it plays bigger than that. It's bigger than the executive label, in my opinion, because it's got 12 holes. It's got a, a development center. So we see juniors, we see seniors, we see women, we see all ability levels playing that golf course. Uh, and so it's, it's really fun to see. And, you know, also there's really nothing out on the West side, as far as golf is concerned, you know, um, from the public space. And there won't be, I, 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 mean, I know not until you get to Leonard for 18 holes. I know uh, hint, hint Horace, maybe, yeah, maybe I, they can I, put something together something. because there's, there's land out there, but yeah, as far as the West side, I mean, we are the place to golf. Yep. Yeah. I, should, I should say Leonard and planning for 18, but yeah. Leonard's nine. I want to say that it was a gravel road on 45th when I first went to, <laughs> went to Osgood. Yeah. It, I, I think it was. And then there's a sign and, but you go in here, and I'm going. Where am I going here? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There. I mean, you know, 2005 is when the when the golf course officially opened, and and even at that time when it was opening, it was designed to be walking only. Hmm. Um, and then you know after uh, after a little while, they said, okay, we can't have this only golf course out in West Fargo be walking only. So they yeah. decided to rescind that and go back to to golf carts. But you know. It was very much um, just out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Fargo and, and the whole community definitely growing up. Chris Larson is a head professional at Osgood Golf Course in southwest Fargo. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers studio. Is there a difference between running an 18-hole versus, a, well, I guess a 12-hole? You know, other differences, or is it just a matter of different you know, that the number yeah. of holes? Yeah, so there's there's total differences in in nine hole. I I still find myself like when I'm running events, be like, okay, we're gonna do a modified shotgun here. We're gonna send the group off on the back nine, and then we're gonna <laughs> like wait a second. I only have nine holes to work with on the main golf course. And then we've yeah. got you know the three on the loop. So uh, the other part is you know going from private to public. Mm-hmm. And again, being the only show in that side of town, uh, just the sheer volume that we work with on a day-to-day. You know, last year we did right around 34,000 rounds. And, you know, that's between, between, you know, the loop, which is our Mm three-hole development area, and then also um, the main golf course, the the nine-hole main main holes there. and then, you know, when I was at Moorhead, a great and like a standout year would be like 24 to 26,000 rounds. Mm. So we're like, I mean, our head's spinning, you know, when we get all of these, uh, all these golfers coming in and then we've got a lot of league play and we've got the busiest, biggest driving range in town to yes, boot, you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So uh, there's, I think it's just a volume of it that that is a, a sheer difference we have new listeners to this show all the time describe the loop what why have a loop why have those three holes super way way ahead of its time when they were designing that uh and those three holes are kind of interchangeable they've got some various tee boxes it goes par three par three par four right. and actually there is a hidden tee box out there that stretches it out to a par five uh really cool spot and if people just want to go out and practice and play from different areas it's a fairway complex that's interconnected with some 
fairway tees that that kind of uh, transition into some green complexes. And honestly, it's probably the coolest collection of holes that we have on the property. Mm. And you know, we see a lot of people only use the loop. They 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 recognize Osgood as just those three holes. We get a lot of kids that that come in and they hit a bucket of balls and they go play the loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a great spot to teach because like our junior golf program will will uh, have about forty five minutes to fifty minutes of instruction, and then the next forty five to fifty minutes we send them out on the loop and they're working on application at that point. So, you know the the ability to have those three holes and use them as a development center mm-hmm. is so far ahead of its time. Uh, you're seeing all these all these golf courses going to it now. You know, you see the sandbox out in Sand Valley. You see, yeah. uh, you know, the the preserve and shorties out in Bandon, uh, gravel pit. You know, there's all these, these uh, what, the cradle at uh, Pinehurst. There's all these little miniature versions of the golf courses where people can go out and practice and, and develop their skills. So uh, I, I see that trend carrying forward. I'm not sure what the Fargo Parks and its five courses, I'm not sure what it doesn't have. When I talk about variety, you got the 18-hole courses, you got the Par 3 at El Zago, you got the executive at Prairiewood, yeah. and you got the the, the executive uh, uh, deluxe yeah, I mean, yeah, the the at, cool at Osgood. I mean, yeah, it's it's really neat how they uh, whether or not this was done intentionally. I hope it was, but there was there's a there's a stepping stone almost right because you know El Zagel super super inviting and approachable right. That's and that's then where you, I learned. Yeah, yeah that's where me I too, man. I mean, <laughs> we I, we used to do like just laps around that place when we were youngsters. So uh, you've got El Zagel, you've got the Loop, and then you know you start stepping up into uh, you know the the Prairie Wood and the Osgoods. Then there's the 18 hole facilities in Rose Creek and Edgewood, um, and they all offer something a little bit different. And all the practice facilities are are exceptional, you know, especially with the addition that they just did out at out at Edgewood uh, with mm-hmm. the short game facility there. Um, both Rose Creek and Osgood obviously have tremendous short game facilities already in, in place. Uh, so, yeah, there's from practice and playing and development, there's something for everybody. I used to ride my bike with my clubs from Fifth Avenue South up to El Zago. <laughs> I'm not sure how I did that now when I think about it. But we're going to take a short break. Chris Larson is a guest. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. Back after this. Actually, I don't know what you're talking about, backspin. Never really was able to master that and probably will never do that. Chris Larson is a guest, head professional at Osgood Golf Course in South Fargo. We were talking off air. There's a method to riding your bike with your golf clubs. And you got to have the technique down, or yeah, it could be disastrous. I've never mastered that. <laughs> I've crashed more times than I can I can count biking from 28th Avenue to, to the El Zagel. So now uh, kids have push carts, though. That might make it a little bit easier. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. I can see that. Muni Misfits, the, the YouTube <laughs> show on TV, it's taken the the nation by storm, is it not? My goodness, man. Just beating off subscribers with a stick. I'm sure. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I don't even know how that came Oh, you, Matt existence. Cook, and Greg McCullough. Yeah, we, uh, we kind of put our heads together, and we're thinking, um, 
apparently we have something to offer social media that you know wasn't already offered um yeah we started doing a live show on on youtube and facebook and it was kind of like this simulcast that we started goofing around with and then marketing uh with fargo parks kind of got behind it and like hey do you guys like want to really do this and we're like sure let's let's go for it and then they uh knew this year they just kind of put a studio space together um and wow, we, you're, you're, yeah, you're I know, wow i know we all kind of looked at each other like are we <laughs> are <laughs> what we are we doing yeah. here you know this is just a bunch it's just three golf pros just trying to you know kill some time and talk golf. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun with it this year. We're going to try and do some more video shorts, okay. you know? So w- that way, uh, we found that when we were doing our podcast and we were going on site, we always, always, I don't know if you have this issue. We always had issues with like connections and, and doing the like internet speeds and bandwidth, you know, stuff that we were not prepared for oh yeah when i've taken this show on the road oh yeah yeah that's it's cross your fingers time baby yeah it's yeah. ball of wax yeah. that i mean there's there's all sorts of things that could happen so we thought okay let's control the environment and marketing was very kind enough to put a studio space together for us and then we're going to try and do some funny videos and and lessons and things like that and push that out and kind of mix it in with our, our muni misfits well you had amy olson on before yeah. i did so you scoop me you sons of oh, guns congratulations yeah however she announced she was pregnant on my show yeah you so, won that one I, for sure <laughs> how uh I want, let's, let's go there because she's going to be golfing in the u.s women's open i saw that at seven months pregnant which i think is going to be a pretty big national story if things you know go play out and it, especially if she makes a cut uh how remarkable is this in 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 a the world of professional golf. Well, okay. So, I mean, there's a lot, that's a lot to unpack, right? So the first part is Amy qualifying and I don't want to like, I don't want to downgrade Amy at all because for Amy, that's just Amy being Amy. Like mm-hmm. she qualified because she is an exceptionally talented golfer and I don't want to, I mean, I just expected her to qualify and uh, I mean, kudos to her. She, she played her tail off and, and she's going to the U.S. Open, and on our podcast, she actually talked about how this this one means a lot because it's back at Pebble. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as far as Pebble Beach is concerned, that's going to be a tremendous venue for a U.S. Women's Open. Uh, I mean, it it plays so perfectly for the women, and I, I, I'm pretty excited to see that. Now, as far as like her playing pregnant, I can't speak to the fact that. You know how many women have done that? Do you know about that? Well, at, at that level, I, I think one of the Williams sisters played pregnant in tennis, but I don't know about golf. I, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I would, how do you research? How do you look that up? You Google. <laughs> there's got to be a LPGA statistic player somewhere. playing pregnant. I yeah. don't know. I mean, so, but yeah, I think that as far as Amy's concerned, and at seven at seven months, obviously showing, obviously gonna gonna have a mm-hmm. you know, I I don't know. I can't I. Never been there. Put a basketball under your shirt and see how well you can swing. Michael Block makes the <laughs> PGA, and as a fellow PGA professional, pretty touching for you? So that story was so fun to to be involved with. You know, the fact that, you know, PGA golf professionals everywhere mm-hmm. have this kind of, we kind of have a side race, Is there a little uh, fraternity there, a little bonding? Absolutely, yeah. you know, and... When you watch that happen, you know, you've get you got a lot of the haters out there that are like, what is going on? We've got these 20 club pros in here. This is a, a completely watered down deal. And then you've got Michael Block that is just having a day 
out there and um, having his best week ever. So, uh, you know, kudos to kudos to Michael Block. I I thought (laughs) that the fact that that he played so well under pressure and honestly, it seemed like he was playing his best golf he's ever played. And he's 40-something, six or seven or something like that. I mean, you know, and it, and it got to the point, too, where it's like, okay, are we are we paying too much attention to this and the fact that this is this is kind of like too good to be true and, and we're playing it up. And mm-hmm. and then he aces a hole on the final day. And, <laughs> and like you're going, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on the block party. It was yeah. awesome. A few minutes left with Chris Larson, head professional at Osgood Golf Course in Southwest Fargo. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show, as presented as always by Michelob Ultra. You're a you're a forward thinking guy. You always have been. What's next in golf? What what's out there? I mean, what, what's the future here? Do we know yet? You know, like kind of hinting back at uh, what we spoke before about the loop. I think golf and golf in general has to get smaller before it gets bigger. Okay. You know, I, I think that we're going to see a lot more, um, very small golf courses, like very small golf courses where it's going to be more pitch and putts and it's going to be, um, there's going to be access around the clock where, you know, you're already seeing it out in Asia <clears throat> and Southern California where they're lighting stuff up. Heck Leonard, I just saw. Yeah. They're, they're going to, light their three holes. I I do see that kind of being the future. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh that's that's definitely one thing. Obviously tech is is absolutely what are they going to come out with next? So um all the applications that you're seeing from the coaching side of things have have been crazy with strokes gained and being able to analyze what shot values actually are um, I don't know where do you want to go with yeah. that. I mean, there's so many there's so many things that are that are happening in golf just because it's so popular right now. There's so many mm-hmm. spinoffs that are that are being created. So yeah. um, another thing that we're we're tinkering around with at Osgood is that you know different tournament formats. Um, we've got the ability. We've got some some bigger green complexes out there. We're tinkering around with with doing some double pin. Things where double you, pin things, yeah. So, uh, and I shouldn't say pins; it's a flag stick, right? <laughs> so, it's, it's not a sand trap; it's a bunker. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, so, we're going to host a tournament in July, and it's going to be a black and blue tournament where we actually have uh, two pins on every hole, and you've got a black flag and a blue flag, mm-hmm. and you're playing from the black tees and the blue tees. You're playing 24 holes, and black tees go black flag, blue tees go blue flag. And uh, the black pin is going to be a tough pin. The blue tin, blue pin is going to be, you know, a, an so easy you, so one. So you go around twice and yep. you play one, one, and then the other hole, whatever, Correct. the other time. Yep. So uh, you're going to play a total of 24 holes, 12 easy, 12 hard, and uh, then we'll crown a champion after that. So, <laughs> so the black and blue The tournament? black and blue. Yeah, yep, exactly. The black and blue invitational. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, all are welcome at that point. So yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be third week in July. So uh, I, I asked our superintendent Ryan Stahlberg. I said, Hey, are you opposed to you know throwing a couple of flags on on every hole? And he's like, I, I think we got the equipment for it. Let's do it. So. Yeah. It's fun working with a guy that says, you know, just go for it. Yeah, you got the Maris event too this year. Yeah, uh, you know, so it's not at Osgood. Okay, um, we moved everything to Rose Creek. Okay, so which is nice because now we don't have like split campuses, right? So mm-hmm. 
I'm going to be running the junior clinic in the morning, okay. and then we're going to send off the nine-hole hit and giggle, the the scramble, um, the, the right in the morning. They they do a morning shotgun, which used to be at Osgood, mm-hmm. um, but then they're going to move the 18-hole event all to the afternoon at Rose Creek. So. Um, Really nice, compact, everyone all under one roof. It'll be nice. Sure. Yeah. You and Chris Hall, I had just a couple seconds left. You guys brought the scooters out. Is <laughs> that still a thing? I love the scooters. Is that still a thing? That is still a thing. Yeah. Single rider stuff is booming right now. We actually have we have a scooter in the golf shop right now. Uh, as Fargo Parks, we don't we don't rent them out, but mm-hmm. we're the only golf course uh, within the Fargo Parks that actually allows for outside vehicles. Okay. So yeah. we sell them in the golf shop. As far as the the single rider stuff. You, it's tip of the iceberg right now. I mean, you're going to see a lot more stuff coming. Sun Mountain's working on something that is going to be a foldable bike unit, so you can actually throw that throw that thing in your car, and so that's going to open up a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, and then you're you're seeing all these robotic caddies and things like that. So. It's uh, tip of the iceberg. There's our solution to riding your bike from 28th Avenue to El Zago. Exactly. Get one of those babies. Yep. It's, parents let you. Yeah, it's got a rack on the side that yeah. that actually acts as a kickstand. I mean, it's genius. <laughs> nice. Chris, uh, always goes too fast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. This, is a, this is a blast for it, me. It is. Thank you. Chris Larson, head professional at Osgood Golf Course in South Fargo. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to head down to the Lakes Country right after this. Don't look at that brook with your sweet book. You ain't gone in there. I put money on it, but honey, hold it. There's something in the air. Back again. This is Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM on that particular dial. 740thefan.com is the web address. I always catch the podcast at that site. Thanks again for Chris Larson for joining us in the first half of the show. We are now going to head over to one of my favorite courses anywhere. And maybe it's just because I enjoy the Detroit Detroit country club. I like it for a couple reasons. One, it's not really massively long. So for some of us that don't hit it a mile, it's, uh, it's got that particular alert to me and there's just challenges, trees, lakes, and it's frankly just smack dab in Lake country. But big changes over at Detroit Country Club. Mark Holm was there for many years. Mark has uh, moved on and retired. And the new general manager taking some time, kind enough to take some time to join the golf show, Tom Dolby. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm great, Jeff. Things are going great here at Detroit Country Club. We're excited to be up in the region here and be a part of this great community. Well, uh, say hello to listeners from Glendive, Montana, to Winnipeg, to South Dakota, over to Minnesota, a good chunk. Uh, introduce yourself, Tom where, where are you from, and what was the allure and the, and the attraction of, of the of Detroit Country Club? Well, I'm originally from South St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, born and raised there. Uh, went to St. Thomas College, uh, later became the head pro at Southview Country Club in West St. Paul for seven years in, in, back in the 90s. And then I bought a golf course in Atwater, Minnesota called Island Pine for six years. Mm-hmm. And in 2002, I moved over to Wisconsin and became the general manager and head pro at uh, Timber Ridge Golf Club in Manaqua. And then most recently, I was at uh, the beautiful Pine Grove Country Club in Iron Mountain, Michigan, for the past three years. And then this great opportunity came along, and uh, it sort of checked off all the boxes. I've been in love with this golf course for for many, many years. Uh, Played here many times through the years in Pine to Palm and uh, just casually uh, on vacations. And 
On top of that, our, we have a lot of family in the area. My wife's family uh, has some uh, roots up here, and uh, my brother has a lake home in Perm, and my sister has a lake home in Park Rapids, so it, it, it checked all the boxes off for us. And, and plus, this is a package deal. Your wife is the assistant pro and director of instruction, and this includes not, not only DCC, but, of course, Lakeside, which is right across the road. So that must have been, you talk about checking the boxes, that really fits the bill there. Yeah, my wife, Kellen, is a great PGA pro, uh, real passionate about teaching golf and junior golf. And uh, we have 290 kids signed up right now for junior golf in our Lakeview program. Uh, uh, it's a it's a great multi-two uh, golf course facility uh, uh, serving the needs of the community from beginner to experienced to, to great player. Uh, Lakeview, both golf courses are in tremendous shape right now. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's the best shape they've ever seen the golf courses in. So thank thank Mother Nature and our and our great new greenskeeper for that. But, uh, yeah, she's just real passionate about the game and is doing a tremendous job here with the ladies' programs and, and, and the junior programs. Let's start right there because Detroit Lakes has always been known for great junior golf. I mean, you go back to Adam Thielen was on a state championship golf team, not football. And just over the years, so many great players. Now that you've been there, you've been around, but now you've been there for a little bit, why do you think that is? You know, I really think, well, first off, it goes back to the coaches. Uh, Bob Gordon, who's retired now, uh, just established a great tradition and great program here. Uh, Vern Schnauthorst and Jay Peterson, the coaches now, and Dustin Martin, the, the, the ladies' coaches, have just a great passion for the game. But to be honest, it starts with their growth of the game committee here. Uh, uh, they've created access to the golf course at very affordable rates from memberships for, from $99 to green fees for $5 for kids. Uh, basically, they have the run of the Lakeview Golf Course. Um, so, you know, you can offer all the lessons you want and all the junior programs you want, but if they don't have access to the golf course, uh, and then the, on top of that, the membership here, uh, knows that and accepts that as part of the, part of the package when they come to Detroit country club, that there are kids out here playing and families playing and, and we make that part of our part, part of our tradition here. And specifically about the success of the program, it's, uh, it's been just awesome to watch, you know, on, on the lousier days we've had this spring. Mm-hmm. The kids just keep playing golf, and uh, inside both clubhouses, we have pictures of all the state tournament teams and state championship teams for, for the for the boys and ladies, and, and uh, they don't want to let down that past legacy. Yeah, uh, and, and and they have a lot of pride in that, and 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 they don't want to be the team that didn't win the conference championship or didn't qualify for state, or so so they work very hard year round at the game. Uh, there's a number of families up here that have indoor simulators, and they have. Uh, <laughs> They take instruction year round from different various pros in the area, mm-hmm. and uh, just a lot, a lot of pride in the in the legacy of the program. Boy, times have changed. I mean, I, I, I we didn't have those things growing up. Obviously, uh, simulators and things like that. So, have you found? I mean, do kids are they playing more year round than ever before? And, and by that mean, just swinging a club somewhere indoors. For sure, you know, there's there's a. Uh, there's more one-sport athletes now, but uh, up here, most of these golfers are, 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 are multi-sport athletes, but they're still golfing during the winter uh, mm-hmm. in some capacity uh, through the simulators. And where it really helps is, is, is in the shoulder season in the spring, uh, you know, February through April. It allows these kids to have access to, to really high-tech golf technology with, uh, with, with quality hitting conditions. Uh, uh, the, 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 the Detroit Lakes teams went up to Sweet Shots in Fargo and actually played a match against some other schools up there in yeah, sweet shots. They right. played, they, they played Torrey Pines one day, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, you know, with the elements we deal with here and, in in, 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 this climate, 
for the kids to uh, be able to have some access to uh, the ability to swing the golf club and, and get some results and feedback is really important. So, Tom Dolby is the general manager, head professional at the Detroit Country Club in Detroit, Minnesota, joins us on the golf show. Come to you from the Gunderson Jewelers studio in downtown Fargo. The show, as always, presented by Michelob Ultra. Are any changes? Do you come in? Uh, do you make any changes to the operations of the club, or, or is it the same as usual? No, uh, we're making some subtle changes on the golf course. We're, we're uh, pinching in some fairways up around the, uh, the entrance to the greens, giving the entrance to the greens a little different look. Some of the fairways have get, gotten fairly wide in front of the greens. Uh, we're, we're, we're mowing some short grass areas. Uh, we're expanding our, our fringes, our collars, uh, to create some different shots around the greens. Uh, some of them will be, you know, 15, 20, 30 feet of, of, of collar in certain spots. Uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be addressing some trees and stuff and, you know, coming this fall. Uh, but the golf course here is just has such a legacy and, and tradition, uh, and, and, and such a good layout, like you were saying before mm-hmm. that. Uh, there's not much to touch here, really. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to to preserve it and and to cherish it and and, and honor it. And uh, uh, you know, we'll be looking at adding some trees. We have some real key golf holes out here, as you know, like 16 mm-hmm. a shorter dogleg right. Uh, some of the trees in the right rough are getting sort of aged, uh, so we'll be we'll be addressing that. So there's some areas of, of concern as far as either open spaces or uh, age of trees. So. Uh, but the, the golf course here, mostly because of the green complexes and, 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 and the green surrounds, uh, for 6,200 yards from the tips, it, it plays very, very demanding. Uh, our, our greens right now, a lot of people have said, are the fastest they've ever seen them. Uh, we're, we're, we're cutting them a little differently than in the past. So they're rolling at 10, 10 and a half, which is for out here is, is lightning fast. So, uh, so, but, but not a lot of huge changes in the golf course. I think DCC is sneaky tough. That's the way I describe it. You don't. Oh. Th- it's not long, but it it can be sneaky tough. You know, it uh, the golf course has its ebbs and flows where you sort of have a couple of easy holes and you have a couple of hard holes, and then it goes a couple of easy, a couple of hard. And if you don't take advantage of the easy holes, uh, it really puts pressure on those harder holes. Uh, uh, it has some very, very, very difficult sixty to eighty yard shots. It has some very difficult tee balls. Uh, if you don't get on the right side of the fairway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're really struggling to put the ball on, on the green in the right position. So and and, and all the par threes on on DCC are just really good par threes. Yep. Uh, every one of them is very demanding and and makes the golf course really challenging. So some of those subtle changes you made is it to make it tougher, or more aesthetic reasons why why are you making those minor tweaks? Uh, both both uh, make it tougher and to just sort of give it a, a little different look. Uh, it. Uh, a lot of the fairways had gotten sort of wide, uh, and they also came right down to the, to the corners of the greens. Uh, so we just wanted to create some different visuals from the fairway. Uh, uh, we, we've shifted a couple of fairways five to ten feet one way. The fifth hole shifted to the left, basically a mower cut and a half to the left, and then we took the right side of the, of the fairway and, and moved that down mm-hmm. uh, to make that whole play just a touch longer. Uh, number ten, that we shifted the fairway down to the right, uh, about a more and a half cut and shifted that top side of the fairway down a little bit to make that whole play a little longer and, and, and more difficult. Uh, but just little subtle things like that. Uh, uh, it's not going to make the golf course play super, super hard, but it will, when it comes to be fully in and, and it, in the next 10 days, it'll be, we're sort of going to be done tinkering with it. 
the grass is really growing right now, so uh, it, it will have a whole different look and feel from out in, in the middle of the fairway. Number 16, for those that don't know, that it's the, the short dogleg. It's in the southwest corner of the of the course, I believe. Some of the big hitters, you can go for the green. It's a risk-reward. It's almost like Fargo Country Club number 16, I believe, where it has the same kind of feel. Now, you said that you have to dress the trees. Are they dying, or are you just going to thin it out, or are you going to add more? No, well, uh, there's three or four that are really, really old. Uh, there's a couple that are cracked, a uh, couple that maybe even be dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to address either planting new trees in those spots before they come down, possibly planting some more mature trees in there uh, of, of some size, or changing the, the whole dynamic of that hole and maybe putting in like a church pew bunker system down the right side or something along those lines to, to really to protect the integrity of the hole. Uh because right now, like you said, a lot of guys try to drive that green, yeah. but very, very few are, are, are successful. It's, it's a very tough approach, but you can get it down there green side and one of the bunkers or, or, or in a nice chipping area. So, uh, But there's about six or seven trees there that are really key to that golf hole, uh, and uh, they're, they're, they're on their last legs in the next 10 years. So, I may have contributed to a couple of those trees being cracked, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'm, me and, and, and many others. Tom Dolby is a guest. He's a head professional at Detroit Country Club in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more with Tom. And there's also a tournament called the Pine of Palm that's uh, always a staple in this area. Back after this. you got to get up in the morning and head out to the practice range. Get up in the morning head out to the practice range. Back one final time. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, 740thefan.com is the web address for the podcast. Coming to you from the Gunnerson Jewelers Studio in downtown Fargo, almost downtown Fargo. Tom Dolby is a head professional, general manager at Detroit Country Club in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Kind of have to take a few more minutes. Tom, the Pine of Palm, I know you've played in it, and it's um, it, it's the tournament, and especially when August rolls around. What's your impression of the tournament and being your first year? How for, how much forward? How forward are you looking to to being a part of that? Uh, very much so. You know, I played in it back in the mid '80s uh, a couple of times, and just really, uh, we we've joked with my buddies uh, Mark Johnson and Greg McCullough and mm-hmm. Gordy Scar that uh, we wish that we wish they had a pro division. <laughs> uh, it, it, mm-hmm. It's that special of a tournament that. Uh, when 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 you're an amateur and you turn pro and you, you lose the ability to play in events like the Pine the Palm and yep. uh, from from the golf from the social side of it from the competitive side uh, to the history side of it uh, uh, you know we're we're everything here is is about the history of the game with the Pine the Palm and the club and and uh, you know 400, 488 players are signed up for it right now it's full filled up in about twelve days oh. uh, players from virtually every state in the country. Um, you know, last year there was over 40 D1 players in the event. Uh, the you know we have players that have played in it for 40, 50, 60 years. Uh, so it's it's a great family tradition. Uh, many great players have played here: Tom Lehman, uh, Chris Perry, Tom Hoagie, uh, 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 Bill Israelson, yep. uh, Mike Polak, uh, Amy Olson. Uh, you know, it's it's just the history here uh, speaks for itself with the quality of the fields and 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 the depth of the talent that have played in this event. And 
sort of the granddaddy of them all in, in, in the state, besides the Minnesota State Amateur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really has that feel, and uh, the galleries are tremendous, and we invite everybody to come out for the event. And the committee here through the years has really, really done a great job with the organization uh, to to get that many players around the golf course and, and the diversity of the flights and diversity of the players uh, as far as ability goes. It's, it's truly a, a unique event in the country. Tom Lehman was on this show a couple weeks back. He was actually the medalist in qualifying, but he never won it. So never won the Pine of Palm. Great players, not necessarily with match play. You never know. And uh, you never, yeah. Uh, the one year I played in it, uh, my second time up here, I took second in qualifying. Pat Herzog was was the medalist, and I was second. I shot uh, 68, 66, and I lost uh, to a local guy, Tim Tinglestead, mm-hmm. uh, on, on the nineteenth hole, and I was six under par for the day. <laughs> you know, so, so it's and guys win matches over par, and you and you lose some matches under par. But that's the beauty of match play. Uh, every hole just starts the match again, and mm-hmm. and uh, it it really allows you to uh, to to play a whole different type of game. And, and a golf course like this really lends itself to match play. Uh, it's a it's it's a risk reward golf course, and um, guys who are modest hitters can play very well against guys that are big hitters on this golf course. You're a PGA professional. What's your impression of what Michael Block, a fellow PGA professional, did at the uh, at the PGA? Well, it's pretty remarkable. I actually uh, experienced that somewhat myself. I've I, I played in three PGAs in '94, '95, and 2002, and I made the cut in uh, in '94 at Southern Hills. Hmm. And and after two rounds, I was in 14th place. And uh, the galleries, the the volunteers, the uh, your family's there. Your your home club's watching. Uh, the whole country is watching, and on top of that, you're sort of representing all your fellow PGA pros. So, uh, you know, I, I think he approached it a, a great way, saying sort of casual and, and loose, and not taking it uh, too seriously or, or getting too much pressure on himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that really benefited him. Uh, He's a very, very good player. Uh, he's he's his, he's had great success in the California section of the PGA, and and and, and he, you know he's a very accomplished player. So, uh, you know, th- th- there's a definite difference in tour pros and, and club pros, uh, but there's some club pros that are very, very good players, and and he's one of them. And and it's just great to see that part of the game, that event. Uh, you know, you know, every year at the British Open, you get that that player or two from from sort of an obscure country or, 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 or hasn't had the best career. And same thing in the U.S. Open every now and then. We have that story. I mean, Mike Berg from here was that story one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's it's golf. Golf gives you that chance. So You made the cut. Describe some of the details there. I look at Michael Block when, I mean, he got to play with Rory. Did you have anything similar to that? Well, on Saturday, I teed off at 1.30, and I was paired with Lauren Roberts, who was number two in the world at the time. Uh I, I, I played uh, uh, practice rounds with Ben Crenshaw and Lanny Watkins. Uh, we played a practice round one day right next to Nicholas Watson, Price, and Norman. Uh, I, I played with Danny Edwards and uh, uh, David Edwards. And, mm-hmm. You know, so played with Larry Mize in different tournaments. And uh, but it, it uh, to make the cut is a is a real thrill for PGA Pro. Yeah, uh, you know, thrill of a lifetime, and to be in that arena. Uh, and 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 all the hoopla and you know sort of be a rock star for a day uh, if you're 15 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's so, a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they live a life of uh, and it's changed drastically now. I mean you know most of these guys now are flying net jets or flex jets and mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, they rent very, very nice houses, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, but, uh, but, but when you go to these towns, uh, the clubs at these towns really take over the event, the, the volunteers and uh, the families and, and, and the local PGA pros in, in the section really run that event. And uh, so it's, 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 the PGA Chips a very unique event. It's, in some ways, it's really close to Augusta in some ways where how, they, how Augusta runs it. It's, it's, right. it's, it's a high-level golf tournament, but it's also sort of a very traditional family function type event. A couple of minutes left with Tom Dolby, the head professional at Detroit Country Club. How do you tune out the awe factor of playing with the top touring professionals in the world? How did you do that? You know, to me, uh, somebody gave me advice the first time I qualified for it, and I went down uh, like a month before the event and played a couple practice rounds. And he, you know, he just he told me it was actually Tom Lehman uh, told me, you know, go find your restaurants, go find your hotel, uh, get comfortable with your settings. And then when I came back to the week of the tournament and played practice rounds, the biggest thing that I want to do was get comfortable on the first tee. Uh, so I went off the first tee, you know, four or five times throughout uh, Sunday through Wednesday. Uh, just to get comfortable with the gallery, and, and as I felt if I got started good, I, I could play good, mm-hmm. and uh, so that that was a big key for me. Uh, you, know, you know, trying to uh, you know get your family taken care of well in advance with tickets and, and lodging, and uh, you know just try to focus on golf the best you can. And then, then the other thing for the club pros to do, I, I really think is important, and some struggle with it is uh, most club pros have a different routine than touring pros. Touring pros are very businesslike with their practice, uh, and, and 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 they you know they practice a lot and they have regimented uh, sessions with fitness and, and and beating balls and so on. Mm-hmm. And and I think the club pros one of the reasons the club pros struggle with the event is that when they get to the tour event they they overdo it. Mm. Uh, they they hit too many practice balls, play too much golf, and they just don't enjoy the moment like they're playing the back at their state open or their or you know or or, or a local pro am. Yeah, uh, I think they would do better to do that. That's why I, I always went down early, like a month before, and just became familiar with where I was going. Right. Do you play much? You still play much? You get a chance to play uh, much? I, I play in spurts. Uh, usually not much in the spring. I'm usually more late summer, fall. Uh, I tend to go to Ireland about every other year for uh, bring some guys over to Ireland. Uh, I have a trip going this fall actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't play a lot competitively, but a lot of it's just been because of geographic reasons. I've been. In, in the UP of Michigan and up here now in DL, so it's hard to hard to get to a lot of tournaments. Uh, but yeah, but I really love love the game and, and enjoy playing it uh, whenever I can. So, Tom, uh, welcome back to the area. Congratulations on the job, you and your wife, and it, it, it's a great layout. It, it's a great s- system that uh, the Detroit Lakes has going uh, with both youth golf and, and tournaments and just general uh, great course to play. Uh, appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks. That's Tom Dolby, head professional at Detroit Country Club in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. Thanks again for Chris Larson for joining us in the top half of the show. Until next week, hit them straight.